0: Jacksonville Jaguars podcast with Corey, Derek, and JK
1: Three. All right, welcome to Down by the Bank, affiliated with the Blue Wire Podcast Network. This is Corey.
2: Hey guys, what's up? Is Derek. Hey, what's up, guys? Is JK Three.
1: All right, so we're recording after the Jaguars lost to the Rams, thirty-seven-seven. Jags are now two and ten. No one's fired urban meyer might be going to oregon i'm just kidding i think i saw somebody tweeting something about that uh, but either way not a lot's changed <laughs> week over week Bro, uh, a, he doesn't know
3: a lot either week, over yeah. week. Yeah. he has no idea what's going on
1: yeah so um before we uh run into all that um first quick update on the saxophone man effort um working but on Jimmy the verdict Benjamin Purdy. Yeah, I need to start just using his name, quit calling him but Man, that's terrible. Yes, Benjamin Purdy. Uh, well, apparently, Derek, you were talking about this. People say that uh reiterating this from some of the tweets that we got, uh, that he's out and about downtown all the time. Uh, you mentioned the uh the sippin' stroll, some other events. If anybody <laughs> is able to grab his contact information or make contact and connect him with us, that would be great. Cause we have not had success with that yet, but I think we're going to be on the ground trying to maybe make contact in some capacity, hopefully soon. Um, but Derek, I think you mentioned that you had a, a friend uh, maybe or a family member that saw him out there recently.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Around the Tom's union center. So uh, we're, we're going to get him. We'll, we'll get, we'll get in touch with them because we really like to do something at the next home game. And um, uh, you know, just show his appreciation because it, you know, if we take L after L after L <laughs> after L after L he is continuous continuing to uh, entertain us with uh, his uh, musical talent. So th- that to me, is just, that's what it's all about, man. Uh, you know, we, we just, you know, as a, as a, as a fan base, we we do things like that. So we you know, definitely want to show our, our appreciation uh, to him. And
3: shout out to everyone too, that, uh, you know, on the Twitter and the GoFundMe man that, you know, that donated like five, 10, whatever you donated, even the thank you notes, man, it's the holidays. So, you know, shout out to everybody that, you know, even was considerate enough to donate consider enough to retweet it, consider enough to like whatever you guys did to come compete or excuse me, to, uh, you know, get that word out and compile, man, it was awesome. And I, I, for one, my, my phone was blowing up, but I didn't care because it was just awesome to see that so many people, you know, recognized uh, Ben, but then also some, so many people had like awesome memories of either it was seeing him when you were a kid, uh, seeing him now, or just recognizing who he was and recognizing him for his talent. So, um, you know, it's definitely something that, um, you know, that's really awesome. And if you didn't donate to the GoFundMe on your way to the game or on your way back from the game, man, make sure you drop something in there, man, you know, for, for him in, in this case.
2: You know, the crazy part is to reading some of the tweets in the the historical tweets. Remember the one about the landing where the the, someone said that they worked at the landing 25 years ago (coughs) and they hired him wild for some for some type of event. And he he was like, he's still out there. The person didn't even live in Jackson anymore, but they remember working at the landing 25 years ago and hiring him for an event. So that's like the, you know, obviously mid 90s. So think about the historical perspective of how long that's been, how long uh, Mr. Purdy has been out and about doing this. And so uh, as a, as a fan base, uh, we, we, you know, should thank him and, 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 you know, especially you know being the holidays and I, I wish, you know, Jags PR and all that, man, you know what? We, we try not to bash the team. We, it, it's very hard not to. Okay. But when we talk about, culture of fan base all right these like our token of uh what we've done is just on the same level of others within the fan base that have done things whether if it's books for children for a teacher uh you know that ha- happened let's, let's put it out there you know e put some uh, link out and, and and a teacher needed some books because of the culture of the fan base the following that they have over there at Bold City, he's able to get it done. Things like that. And we're together because of a team. So we do these types of things. And how does the team return the favor? With this crap. <laughs> Every Sunday. Straight straight up. There's been others I can't think of them right now because I get so ticked off. Because we sit here and we buy our season tickets. And we go to the game. And we lug our three hundred pound Traeger into our pickup trucks, JK three, or you know, take our families and our cars to the game, and they come out and put that crap on the field, and then they turn around and pull out some BS lies at the at the podium, okay, lies, okay, yeah, lies. So that's that's what really gets me going, you know. Forget the specifics and all, you know, specifics and the team and all oh, the receivers that it can't get open. No, as a fan base, we're actually pretty strong. We're very strong, but not you know, we don't get we don't get we don't get the love back because they just either don't know, don't care or just, you know worried about the all the other projects around the stadium instead of worrying about the main project that should be going on between the sidelines. Um, so the plan
1: this week is to get the the gift card potentially. Um work on the thank you card. If you haven't sent that in at least by Sunday, try to have in your thank you note, even if you haven't contributed to GoFundMe. The GoFundMe is closed. You can't contribute to that anymore. Um, but again, that's that's kind of the artificial deadline because if it's not in by Sunday, I probably can't get it printed on there. Um but ideally if we make contact, we'll try to get in contact with him, we'll try to put something out on the Twitter page so folks that want to be there when it gets presented to him uh can be there and be part of that. Uh, and that's why we're trying to make contact just to make sure that we can coordinate it somewhat with them. So we're not completely ambushing the guy and freaking them out by hundreds of people showing up around them all at once. Um, okay. So LA tell us about the stadium, the, uh, you know, the, the everything from going in to the security, to the food, to the experience, like what was the yeah. overall takeaways? Yeah.
3: Yeah. So overall, man, so far, if you get a chance, um, and if you if you I mean, I don't know when the Jags are going to play in L.A. again, probably when they play the Chargers again. But every Jaguars fan should make that trip to L.A. Um, one from a uh, aesthetic view and aesthetic like being inside. It's insane. Like it is nothing there. There nothing compares to it with the with where the, the stadium is located. Uh, it's located in, you know, not the best part, but the Rams are building from the inside out. And what I mean by that is they're building a product on the field. They're they're building a outstanding stadium, and then they're building slowly around the Inglewood area. You know what I mean? So they're building from the inside out. They're making people want to come into, you know, this area that a lot of people and a lot of Los Angelinos uh, don't come into, which which is in the Inglewood area and building on the outside, you know, from the uh, inside out. Um, I thought that the stadium overall, man, like it's just unbelievable. Not very, not very bad price either. As far as, you know, beers and things like that goes, I think I paid like 11 bucks for a beer, which I was expecting way more. Um, This is before, this is after I bought beer in the parking lot. (laughs) So uh, that was cool. For children. (laughs) I don't think they were children. They were children to me, but they weren't actually children. Uh, They had to be at least 21 to buy it, right?
1: Uh I mean, remember I told you I thought it was similar to when remember I told you I went to that festival in New York and it was like I think it was literally kids that were selling like no, beers these, and stuff. They, so
3: they were they were they they had at least graduated high school. So okay, um, well
1: that's good. <laughs> I guess. All right, sorry, go ahead.
3: But it was um so as far as like the food goes, very um LA, very um, I would say there was a mix of what I would call like what I would expect in LA, you know, I would expect, you know, uh, a lot of Tex-Mex since, you know, wh- where it is, I would expect, um, you know, just some different, you know, food options as far as like, you know, steak, chicken, things like that. Um, their beers, they had Bud Light, they had Modelo, you know, it's pretty much, they were very in, what what I'm trying to say is they were very in tune to their culture and what their fans consume. You know, you didn't see a lot of, you know, Stella's, I mean, there were Stella's, excuse me. You didn't see a lot of like craft beers. You didn't see a lot of things that their fans weren't going to drink. Everything from the food to the, even the hype music was all LA theme, LA vibes. And they have a really good um, pulse on what their fans are looking for. Like even to the point of the music that they're playing in the, in, in the arena, you know, they're not playing everyone else's like, they're not playing you know, um, why or excuse me, they're not playing Meek Mill or any of these or Drake or any of these other like, you know, hyped up songs. They're playing like Tupac. They're playing YG. They're playing Red Hot Chili Peppers. They're playing, um, you know, people from L.A. Like they're playing L.A. music. And it's one of the was one of the coolest things, you know, that and I, I guess Jacksonville doesn't really have you know, world-renowned artists like Tupac and, you know, Snoop Dogg and, you know, the Red Hot Chili Peppers. We have uh, Limp Bizkit. uh, You know, but look, Mm. I mean, honestly, dude, if if they played, (laughs) look, if they played, real talk, if they played on first down, if they played Keep Rolling by Limp Bizkit, that would be great. I would love that because even though as lame as Limp Biscuit, not lame, but even though Limp Bizkit is as old <laughs> I mean, you're talking about they're playing Red Hot Chili Peppers, they're playing California Love, they're playing a um uh, what's the Tupac song, Derek? I can't deny it. I'm a you know, oh,
2: yeah, uh huh, um, ambitions as a writer, um, they were and they're yeah. playing
3: that song is literally from the 90s, it is 2021, and they're playing that song. Every time a big play happened, it was something that had to do with I mean, when when the, when when um, uh, James Robinson fumbled the ball, it was. Um the red hot chili peppers. Give it away, give it away, give it away. Like that hmm. song is old. That song yeah. is so old, you know. So they are in they are in tune to their culture, what they do in LA. Um, you know, but overall it was an awesome experience from a fan base, from a fan perspective, a ton of Jaguars fans. Really? A ton. Hmm. There was at one point when the Jags were still in it, when um, first quarter. They when I, I believe it was when they gave up the field goal, they gave up the field goal. There was people chanting defense and the Rams fans had to boo to drown out the defensive chance. That was that. That's how many people were there. That's
4: so cool. I saw
3: way more Jaguars fans than I expected. Um, you know, I saw way more Jags fans out like in the Santa Monica area. We went out to the Santa Monica Pier down Hollywood Boulevard. I met up with a couple of Jags fans that are on Twitter as well. So we were deep. I even met a guy who sat front row with us. The front row of that end zone, if the Jaguars would have scored, it would have been on national TV and it would have changed the narrative because you had an entire maybe like 10, 10 people on the front row that were Jacksonville Jaguars fans that, you know, maybe four of us were from Jacksonville, but the other six, one guy was from Phoenix, Arizona. Born and raised in Arizona, Jaguars fan. Um, There was one guy that was from, um, uh, I think Tahoe, California, who was a Jaguars fan. They came out there. I met another guy from Utah that was a Jaguars fan, and I met somebody else from Washington that was a Jaguars fan. They came to see the team play, and they were they had no affiliation and ties to Jacksonville, no family or anything else like that. That lived in Jacksonville. They are just Jaguars fans from whatever brought them to be a Jaguars fan, which is wild. (laughs) That's cool. Yeah, like super like. Insane, insane. So um, you know, it was pretty hype for the first I would say five minutes, but then after (laughs) that, you know, uh, after 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 the the James Robinson fumble, which seeing that live, dude, Aaron Donald is 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 uh, unbelievable. Like that is one of the he I think he's an X-Men. I'm not gonna lie to you. Like he would be somebody hiding in plain sight and he would be a superhero and he'd be a football player. Um, I thought the, the the Jalen Ramsey stuff was just super amplified because of obviously the history and rightfully so. Um, But overall, man, it was just, it was, it was awesome seeing, you know, a bunch of Jags fans, um, awesome experience uh, in LA and going to an away game. And I encourage every Jaguars fan, if you are a Jaguars fan, make the pilgrimage to an away game. I don't care if it is to Tennessee, uh, Houston, LA. I mean, yeah, LA would be great. Indy. Anytime the Jags and you got the opportunity to go see your team away, um, you know, it it just hits different. It's just awesome to go cheer for your team in another state stadium. I wouldn't go to Philly. (laughs) I wouldn't go to, you know, uh, you know, some of the other hostile environments or anything else like that, but you know, to really show your fanhood, man, you got to get out there and see it, that we actually do have Jaguars fans outside of Duval County. And it's awesome to run into them. You know, everyone is trying to fight the same fight. And, you know, everyone, it, 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 it honestly, it just makes your fanhood stronger when you actually go and see them play in another another city. And uh, it makes you really appreciate, you know, being around the Jaguars fans when you're, when you're home.
1: Were the L.A. fans uh, respectful?
3: Oh, man, they were cool. I mean, and I think it's because – I think it's because, um, you know, if you carry yourself in a certain way, like, you're proud to be a Jaguars fan or if you're proud to be a fan, people got to respect that. You know, I know that whenever, you know, where we sit, if we go to you – know, you know, Corey, you and I go to Jaguars games all the time. We see opposing fans, you know, every game. Yes. And so, of course, I always give a little, uh, a little – you know – uh, you know, stuff here and there about them coming to Jacksonville. But then I'm like, dude, that's pretty cool that you came to the game. You know, let's have a good time and let's talk a little smack and everything. But, you know, you're not going to get punched or anything else like that. And that's what it was in L.A. When I went to L.A., man, there was um, my wife and I were going to get uh, some drinks. And, you know, we had a couple of guys. And it was and like anyone that's from L.A. that's listening to this. I apologize. But it was literally like one of those. It, it, I felt like it was a stereotypical LA. Oh, yo, man, you from you from Jacksonville? Like, what's up? Like, what are you doing out here? And it was awesome. I was like, yeah, I'm from Jack's. And he was like, oh, that's much respect, you know, and everything. And then going to the bathroom um, at the end of the fourth quarter, of course, I got it. Whereas people were like, oh, man, it smells like cat piss in here because there's a Jaguar in here. And it's like, oh, that was a good one. That was actually really good and, and, you know, laughing along with them and all that kind of stuff. Um, But then towards the middle, I would say the halftime, I went in and there were a couple of rowdy -er Rams fans that were there. And the same guys that uh, I walked into the bathroom, one of the guys was like, man, I think you're lost. And then a couple of guys that I met. Prior to, we're like, no, man, you're lost. This is our boy from Duval. Like, go piss and leave him alone. And, like, so it was, I mean, it was cool, man. You know, I wasn't like worried for my life or anything else like that, but <laughs> it wasn't anything that I wouldn't do to an to an opposing fan.
1: Yeah. Hmm. So they bullied you a little bit in the bathroom, though. That's a little I mean, scary. It was. you. <laughs> Why are they even talking to you? I hate when people talk to me in the bathroom.
3: I was doing, so I was doing that to, um, my friend Joey that I went to the game with, like, so people didn't know that we were together. And so I'd walk into the bathroom and be like, Hey man, how how about that flight in? (laughs) And
1: and just make it,
3: make it very awkward, you know, and it's, uh, it's funny, but LA, I will say that anyone that has been to LA um, will know that it is probably the best city for people watching that I've ever seen in my entire life. (laughs) Like I could sit, I, I could, I could literally sit on Hollywood Boulevard, with a a bottle of whiskey and just watch. And it'd be the best thing ever. I mean, you've got like, and this is the Hollywood Walk of Fame where you see like Bruce Lee, Michael Jackson, Boys, Men, you know, Streisand, Richard Gere, all these crazy names. And then like you look up, it's like homeless person. And then you got like homeless person with mental issues. Homeless person that is strung out on something. (laughs) Spider-Man.
1: and
3: then like what <laughs> yeah yeah right it's the it's the craziest thing ever man spider-man then you got somebody like cooking street food like mexican street food and then wonder woman and then the card trick guys pick a card, any card, like all that kind of stuff so all in all man i would say that the um you know going there so far is probably you know 13 out of 10 definitely got to make the trip if, if the jags are there and i think um one of the um one of the Rams fans that I was uh, I was talking to, he had went to Vegas and saw um, the uh, the Raiders' new stadium, and he said the Ra- the Raiders' new stadium is very 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 up there with SoFi. So, I think if the Jags do play in Las Vegas, um, you know next year, I think that'll be a hot ticket for you know anybody going or anybody wanting to go to an away game.
1: Okay, maybe we'll have to coordinate something like that. That'd be fun. Especially blue wire, the blue, hook it up. blue right, wire, the, come on. blue wire studios out there, so <laughs> hook it up. let <laughs> <laughs> to do a live. Maybe that. I mean, that sounds like a pretty cool idea. We should do that. Um, okay, so Derek, the uh, he he referenced the James Robinson, uh, and we won't dive too much into the Rams game because it's you know later in the week. But um, the James Robinson piece is interesting because I know you had mentioned seeing the clip uh, of the interview with the I think it was Dan Hicken. And was it Martino? No, is that who he does that show with at Sneakers?
2: Yeah. Um, mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And they asked him about, you know, getting benched and, and all that fun stuff. And um, he didn't seem super enthusiastic. <laughs> so, being that he's our best player, how concerning is
2: that? Man, yeah, I've I told y'all, man. Herb's a straight up liar, man. He's a straight up liar when things don't go his way. OK, and he ain't winning. So things ain't going his way. <clears throat> well, I don't watch the touches. I lead that up to the office of coordinator. Then why is Robinson getting benched every time he fumbles? You don't watch the touches. You lying. OK, there's no need to overanalyze it. You a liar. All right. You, you, you punish him. OK, you, you play your guys. OK, you and Dan Mullen got the same problem. You play your guys and yeah. Mullen got axed. Ex- so let's go ahead and finish you off, too. Okay? Um, and I am, I'm not a Gator fan, and I felt bad for Gator fans for uh, the, the that running back that was running all over FSU, why he wasn't in the game. Same thing with James Robinson. Why is he not in the game? Okay? But y'all just do dumb stuff. Back to the Jags, you just can't sit there week after week and just make up some stuff. Instead of being a football coach, you should write short stories. OK, some like <laughs> some fable stuff, some fake because that's what you're good at. You're good at telling some lying behind stories, man, because as far as there's anything related to the Jags right now, you just don't either. You don't know, don't care or can't figure it out, or you just ain't the right person for the job. I've been told everybody already the courtship was nice. Marriage, uh, uh, divorce is going to be ugly. All right. We're, we're in the second step of the divorce process right now. We need to go ahead and finish it off. Bulky, you can be wrapped up in that too. You can go to, you did not build the 49ers. Okay. You just happened to get there when they got good. All right. So that's how you got your little three years of fame when y'all went to the Super Bowl. You didn't build that team. Okay. And you were associated with the last regime. Okay? They need to burn it up, burn it from the ground up and start over. Okay. That, I feel, that's where we're right. like. I feel like we need to put some ether behind that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that ether beat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Man, I'm not even going to start, burn it up and start over. Okay, that's where I'm at because that that that's pitiful. We got our star starting running back sitting in some sports bar with local news guys answering questions everybody knows the stinking answer to. Everybody knows what he's going to, you know, he what he has to say in his mood, all right? And then, you know, the, you got our quarterback, Trying to defend it, even if he did go to the coaches and say, Hey, look, we got to have him in the game. They're not they don't care. I bet you, I bet you, by the second series against Tennessee, we're gonna see Carlos Hyde. Okay, no, but I mean, no. I, I mean, shout out to Trevor though. I mean,
3: and no, shout that- out
2: to him, yeah, but no, I don't like he, he shouldn't have had to. Why did he have to do that? He had to do it to show some leadership of the team, but it's like. Our rookie quarterback has more sense than our coaches.
3: Well, it's because Urban doesn't have any ties to James Robinson. Urban inherited James Robinson, and he has a relationship with Carlos Hyde, which explains why he brings in Tebow. He brings in Carlos Hyde. He's bringing in – I'm surprised – like I said, I'm surprised he hasn't brought in, you know, um, uh, Terrell Pryor. I'm surprised he hasn't brought in, you know, anybody from from the Ohio State team. But the thing about it is, man, it's, it's terrible. It's not good. It's not good that you got your off- – or you got your, you know, the most valuable player on offense answering the tough questions to Dan Hicken and Brent Martineau. And then you're coming back into the office, or as far as Urban goes, no one can get their story straight. Everybody's lying. It goes from Urban – to, you know, oh, well, I don't control the uh, I don't I don't control the carries Parmley does. And then they try to get Parmely up there and parmeley is not available to the media this week, but they've got uh, Daryl Bevel up there getting his lines crossed up. He's like, oh, yeah, well, no, nah, <laughs> Urban knows when things are happening. And It's like, all right, who's lying? And you got the main running back coach who they're throwing the, 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 the crap on and they're not making him available to the team because he's not going to sit there and take that. Bevel says Bevel says that I want to create a running, I want to create a I want to establish a ground game and then build a passing game off that. How do you build that by running a two-back system and not letting your main running back thrive and your main running back grind? This dude does not take losses. I and again, the Aaron Donald play was just he would have done that to anybody. It's Aaron freaking Donald. Yeah, it's Aaron Donald. He is literally the best defensive player in the league. It's Aaron Donald. This is somebody who your team has to scheme for and try to triple team. This guy is a beast, and he shot that gap. He knew where the play was going. He ate James Robinson for lunch, and that's what's going to happen when he does that. You don't run somebody out of the game. You don't sit them on the bench for the third until the third quarter because he got ate up by a monster. It makes no sense for you to do that. Yeah, Bevel's you're lucky he didn't man. get a clean shot on Trevor. That's what you, you 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 should be happy about that. Yeah, you should be happy that you know you kept the pocket moving away and th- that you didn't let Von Miller or anybody else get a free crack at him.
2: Bevel should really. Um, you would think that after losing a Super Bowl in the fashion that he did as an OC you would think that he would be more leaning towards running the ball. But because of the fact that he's, you know, let, let's be, we'll be real here. He's arrogant. He's arrogant. Okay. He, he's, and we, I don't know him. I don't, I don't, I've never met him, but you can just tell, you know, in his eyes, this is the way I see it. And this is the way it's going to be. Well, guess what? Your way does not work. Okay. It doesn't work. It didn't work on second and goal at the one with Marshawn Lynch. All right. Whatever it was. And it's not working with this split back set with James Robinson and and Carlos Hyde. Now, if herbs is making you play, you know, Carlos Hyde 50 50, then quit. Cause that means that you guys don't see it, have a philosophical alliance. If you don't think that's the case, but you do. So you're responsible too. So, that's how they just they gotta go. They have to go because you can't do that in the National Football League, meaning you can't have your best offensive weapon, and you, you're hindering him just as much as the defense by not getting him into rhythm, by not you know, well, first of all, no, not confidence. Okay. That's how you shake a player's confidence. You're not getting them into rhythm, and then you're giving the defense an upper hand. So there's no I mean, it, it's been spun so many times by so many different outlets and shows and journalists and reporters asking questions, trying to figure something out, you know, oh, we had a good week of practice. OK, in that good week of practice, are we going to be promised that James Robinson's going to get 20 to 25 touches? Carlos Hart can get 10 touches. I don't care but he should not be getting more touches than James Robinson. And there's no way on planet earth, unless James Robinson ran for 60 yards, Carlos Hyde should not be in when it counts. And when I'm in when
3: it counts third down. Okay. My my favorite thing is when they line up LaVishka in the backfield and they actually give him the ball. It's like, really? (laughs) Like you, 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 you can't line him up. And I, I mean, I want him to get all the touches that he can to create more space and opportunity too, but it's like, you don't you you give him you give him the ball right when he comes in. You don't give him any kind of decoy. You don't give anything where he can kind of mix, mix mix matches or anything else like that. And I mean, I, I just and, uh, and a lot of people, too, are talking about separation. I just watched in the first half of a Minnesota Vikings and Pittsburgh Steelers game where Kirk Cousins threw the ball to Justin Jefferson uh, and actually tried to go for it when he was double covered twice. I don't miss me with that separation stuff. This is the NFL This is the elite of the elite. Like getting separation is great, but you have to throw the ball downfield. You cannot be scared to not, you know, take a shot or take an opportunity to throw it because it's man on man. It's receiver on receiver. And someone's got to step up and make a play. They really are. And I don't know if that's coming from I and, and Bevel, if he's the person that's calling these plays and he's the, you know, the core of this Issue or if Urban's the core issue of it, whatever. I need a body by the end of the season. Someone's got to go. Whether it's <laughs> yeah. either, whether it's even, whether it's either Urban or or Bevel, someone bulky, someone has to go.
2: They have. So to. They got. They got position coaches that are taking OC jobs in college. That just came through on the on the Twitter feed. It, it ha- that happened today. Um, one of our coaches? coaches. Yeah. Oh yeah, I saw that. One, one of they them. They got thirty to- of them, so we can move, yeah. we can spare one. Yeah. <laughs> So it, it's it's definitely going to come. I hope it. I hope it comes in 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 waves, where we have a, a lot of uh, a lot of different guys just decide. You know what? It's time for me to go. It's it's really time for me to go. But it, it's 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 extremely tough because they're trying to you know fit that square peg into a round hole, and it's just not working, man. So you got to change it up. You got to reinvent yourself. What's the definition of insanity? Okay, we all know it. And we still continue to do it as a team. So they, they got to figure it out and they need to be gone. Okay. You know, whether if you got, you know, Urban Meyer to UCLA or Oregon or even if he stays, I just think that they need it like the, the leash on this needs to be very short. And I wish it was short after Sunday. It's probably not going to be that short, being realistically and seeing Khan how he operates, but it needs to be short because. What's going to end up happening is you got a quarterback that after a few years of going through this kind of stuff, he could recover and rebound or he couldn't recover and rebound because the the, the development's not there. Oh, well, he doesn't have any receivers. Okay. So you need to go fix that. They don't – you know, they, they just – it's frustrating because you see, uh, you know, we're just fans. You know, we're just fans. And, and, and then the media and everyone sees it and everybody's saying the same thing, but the team doesn't seem to, in their eyes, they think it's different. They can do things different, but it's still not working. We're still a laughing stock.
1: So the two coaches that, uh, that I saw just looking at Twitter, that's a good catch. I didn't even know this, but uh, Virginia Tech is hiring our tight ends coach as their offensive coordinator. And our defensive line coach may be going to Florida under their new head coach. That's interesting, right?
2: Yeah. I think uh, the defensive line coach, um, and I'm not sure of his, his name, but I'd have to look that up just because I'm, I'm tired. Uh, it's um, like Tosh. I can't, I don't know how to pronounce the last name. Lupoi. Is
1: that how you say it? Tosh Lupoy.
2: Yeah, I think that's right. Um, good for them go get college jobs get away from here you're already seeing you know the the buses the we are the wheels are falling off the bus get get out of here uh and maybe we can uh after herbs talks you know gives us another speech of we got to get top-notch coaches in here and get quality you know gives us another one of those speeches um maybe i we'll think the most the- ticket, or, or, or maybe we'll find a, a, a a assistant coach that can tell them to you know shut up and get the you know get get some good players
3: the biggest thing the, the biggest thing about all of this is that you know and a couple of jacks fans have, have pointed it out on twitter is that his motto was own it that's he hasn't true. owned anything
1: yeah that's true he hasn't that owned anything look, that does look ridiculous in retrospect doesn't it it looks it looks so ridiculous and it's just like dude you're
3: the head coach you, what, what do you do? What do you do? Like on the sidelines, you're disinterested. Um, you know, when, when you, you have no idea who's going in, who's going what. Trevor Lawrence doesn't even have a, a quarterbacks coach. Right now he has a passing game coordinator and an offensive coordinator. He doesn't have someone dedicated exactly to him. And as far as a running backs coach or like a receivers coach or anything else like that, I I think, you know, you do, The packages and things like that are are what you, you know, kind of develop and, you know, set the depth chart and those things like that. But those all go through the head coach.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data you need indeed.
3: Like, Mm -hmm. there's no way that he's releasing this depth chart out or or knowing these things about players without knowing and having an individual meeting with the running backs coach. If he wants to run this team like a CEO, quote unquote, that he's saying, he's got to have individual meetings with these, you know, these position groups to know what's going on and, you know, how, you know, and performance and all these other things. He has to know. There's no way he doesn't know. No way. And I mean, this is the this is the NFL, bro. Like, no one, and I've said it over and over again, like, talk about Ohio State, you talk about Florida, you talk about Utah. This is not one of these things where people are gonna just take the answers that you're giving and just run with them. They're gonna Mm -hmm. find out. And people are gonna, it's people's jobs to report on this team nationally. It's people's jobs. To figure out what is going on, and you got yourself under a microscope twenty four seven. Not only by like the local reporters that and the radio and things like that, and people that have you know credentials, they're going to ask you the, the the cupcake questions. You get a player that's going to speak up, and he's going to really expose you. And then you got the fans that are really going to expose you. And then you got the people like Mia O'Brien. You got a couple other reporters that are not scared to ask the difficult questions and you keep tap dancing around the difficult questions. Eventually, the shoes are going to come off and you're going to get exposed. And that's what happened this week.
2: Yeah. And, and Con, then that's when when you when you have that kind of stupidity and you bring him back for year two, you have a lot of people tap dancing around that phone call that when people ask if you're going to renew them season, those season tickets or not.
3: Bro, you okay. bring him back. You bring him <laughs> if you bring him back year two. The only person right now that I believe that has to Bevel and Balky have got to go. You have got to get someone and nope, don't forget a, about
2: that wide receivers coach too. He can go oh, too. Yeah, whatever his name is. Well, yeah. San, San, Sanjay Lyle. Yeah, San, yeah. Sanjay, whatever uh, his name is. Bit, balky has gotta, gotta go. Sanjay Lyle. Yeah, he can
3: go too. Balky's gotta go because he's a part of the suck. You know, he was a part of the, you know, the entire You know, tradition or not tradition. He was he was a part of everything that happened, you know, uh, a part of the losing. The stench is still here. He has got to go strictly because of that reason and because they also need to get someone who is in tune with. You know, the younger player in tune with I think that was one of the things that Urban said that he was going to make it great to be a player here and like all this other stuff and everything. And, you know, the way that he's been acting and the way that he's been running this team hasn't been very well for the player first culture. Um, You got to get someone, um, you know, like bulky or excuse me, someone unlike bulky that is going to put the best players on the field and you're going to draft people and draft somebody who's going to be an instant difference, difference maker. You got players right now that you drafted hurt Walker little can't contribute. Andre Cisco. I don't know if he can contribute or or what or how he can contribute. We don't know, but he's coming off of ACL. You've got Jay Tufuleli. We haven't seen too much of him at all. You know what I mean? So it's just like, you got these players and these people that were drafting that you're not developing. Like very few NFL players come in as superstars, and most of the NFL players and the talent are actually here, and they're grown, they're they're drafted, and they're grown, and they're cultivated into superstars. That's what happened with um, Ngakwe. Um, say what you want about Fournette, you know he's still he's still toting the rock and, and still being some type of product, productive. You know, we want to bring Allen Robinson back. Imagine if we had Allen Robinson still here. Imagine if we had Fournette still here. Imagine if we had um, Ngakwe still here. Imagine if we had Jalen Ramsey still here. Imagine if we had the dude, um, the guy that, that went to, that went from, um, he was on our practice squad. He was a linebacker and he went to Denver and he became an instant starter in Denver. What is his name? Brandon Marshall?
2: Yeah, yeah, him. Yeah, Marlon right Marshall, mm-hmm. bro.
3: I mean, come on, dude. You don't draft a Bobby Wagner. You create you. You draft a Bobby Wagner for what he has done, and you keep him. You cultivate him. You build him up.
1: Who's the Packers receiver too? Um, Lazard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> L- Lazard. Somebody got on us about him. Ke- Keelan point.
3: Keelan Cole. Hmm. I mean, Keelan Cole. These are these are just these, these are medi- these are I, I don't want to say mediocre players, but these are players who. Could have been here and could have had a nucleus built built around them. And you know who won on Sunday? Gardner Minshew.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> Say what you yeah. want. Well, well, if they get rid of Bulky, the trend is is that they'll replace him with like Bulky's assistant or something. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's that's uh, kind of yeah. how it's going. They,
2: they need to that whole the everybody from the GM to their admins to their <laughs> gophers. Okay, go for this, go for that. They need to go. Everybody up there needs to go. And they need to start over. Okay. Get a real, get a real NFL guy that knows his stuff. Pay him double. Okay. Whatever his asking price is. If it's five, give him 10. Okay. And get him in here. I mean, it's coming out right now, man. That I mean.
3: Urban's salary hasn't been, you know, it's not public knowledge, but you know, he's up there in, in between that $10 and $12 million range.
4: You Is Shod too
3: cheap? Is it, it, Shod too cheap to 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 let that go? I don't Is know. it too cheap? If he was hands-on, if he was a hands-on owner and just saw, I mean, the Panthers let Joe Brady go the first year.
2: Why Let's can't he? I think that? I think that had more to do with um, – I think that had more to do with uh, Cam and Cakes, um, to be honest. Uh, I, I don't uh, – that and the fact that maybe the, the, him and the head coach didn't see eye to eye. But that, that's that's actually a good Joe thing. Joe Brady was the – oh, so you mean Cam and Joe Brady. Yeah, I think Cam, I think Cam and Joe Brady weren't vibing. And then maybe um, – you know, Brady went back and this, none of this is public. So, you know, who knows what it could be. But it's just the first four weeks of the season, Joe Brady made Sam Darnold look like a Pro Bowler before Christian McCaffrey got hurt. And then all of a sudden, the wheels fall off the bus. They bring in Cam, and in two games later, their OC is fired. And, they're, and they've actually won five games and shown that they can move the ball on offense earlier in the season. To me, that's more of a him and the head coach had a philosophical difference. And so it's time for him to go. Um, I, I think that, you know, to, to be honest, that, that kind of I wish that would happen here because, you know, there's some philosophical differences on offense with us. So it, it just doesn't make it just it, like the whole situation just does not make any kind of sense. You can't make any sense of, uh, of this. Um, I'm, I'm
3: prepared to say it in the group. Well, I said it in the group chat, but I'm prepared to say it now and put it out there but i think that this is i don't think he's the worst coach in jaguars history but i think this is the worst coaching job in jaguars history yeah i believe this is the worst coaching job there's a difference between being the worst coach and the worst coaching job i believe that he's doing a you know ungodly terrible job of being a coach and being a leader within the nfl and and putting on this front about not knowing what's going on. And, it, and it's so crazy because it's like you go from Doug who will tell you what is going on and will tell you that this is why we made this, this is what happened. And I respected Doug so much for going up there, getting up there and taking those live bullets when, when it happened. And now we got somebody who doesn't know anything that's going on who, who, or who claims to not know what's going <laughs> on, but we all see what's going on. I just want the medium. I want the what Belichick. I want somebody in the middle.
1: Yeah. What do you think shad Khan thinks, by the way, sitting in the uh in the stadium or just you know sitting at home with all this going on? I mean, that guy's got to be bummed he ain't out. Thinking, he ain't <laughs> well, he's
2: thinking not to, this. he 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 worried about something else, which we'll mention off uh off recording. He worried about something else to do with everything, all the projects going on that he's trying to do. Uh, that's all he's worried about. I mean, they're spending money on these name wrestlers for
1: that AEW stuff. <laughs> anyway, it just, I don't know. It just, ah, it's just so frustrating. And again, we say this all the time that it feels like this is just a constant, you know, every episode is like this, but man. You go from the optimism and training camp and and leading up to the season, and then you just slowly get your life eaten away. <laughs> um, so Jags and Titans, uh, Jags 2 and 10, Titans 8 and 4. Um, obviously, they're first place in, in the AFC South. Um, similar to the Rams, they're coming off of a losing streak, so I don't know if we're going to be the team to help them rebound, just like we were with L.A., uh, but one stat I saw that was interesting the last win that we've had in Tennessee was in t- 2013 when Gus Bradley was coach. That is we wild.
0: That's wild.
2: So long. You know, when I think about some of the the streaks and stats that we have, uh, there's a movie, uh, Major League. You, you remember that movie, uh, Charlie Sheen, the <laughs> baseball movie. Remember, uh, I think Bob Eucher, whatever his name is, the announcer, he would name these most random stats. Like the Indians bat bat two seventy five on a Wednesday when we're serving hot dogs and there's a cloud in the sky, like that's what I think about with the Jags, you know. Jags are are one and zero on a Sunday in the second week of December for the last five years. Like that's uh, (laughs) yeah. Like you you know, you know, just these right. Like everybody's starting to come out with these random nitpicky things on just. How bad we've been as a franchise and as a ball club. So that's why I just want them to hire a GM that's a football guy. Okay. And not a football guy like Tom Coughlin, that's also a drill sergeant. We don't we don't need a drill sergeant. I hate to say it, but with this, with the youth movement we have now, old school drill sergeants aren't gonna work. They're gonna rebel against them. We've already seen that. You got to get a football guy that's a player's guy that's gonna understand how to how to get the team and the ball club with the winner's attitude and in the right direction. Yeah, and keep these people. Keep the good players. Just keep them. Yeah. That's all. Just keep them. Yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? But just and have a sense of, of what, you, what you're what you trying to do as a ball club and an identity, what JK3 talked about with the Ram stadium out there. You know, yeah, we talked some of the, the, the Hollywood stuff and the, the musical talent. You know, obviously we don't have that here in Jacks, but it's an identity. It's an identity. It's who we are. It's 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 who we are as a, as, a, as a team, as a fan base. We don't have that. We have Duval. You have the dog park, and we have the damn swimming pools. Okay, so I wish that's they, all we they,
3: get. I, I wish they hired somebody. I wish they the dog park is, is gone. By the way, I think.
1: Okay, no, uh, <laughs> I don't. The dog park's not gone. I think they. I, no, I. It is. No, it's gone. One hundred percent. What do you mean gone? I remember seeing it not even that long you ago. You see, you see the sign, but the dogs okay. aren't actually
3: there anymore. Yeah, the dog really? dogs. Really?
1: What's are, the yeah.
3: What's the point of that then?
1: Oh, I don't know.
3: But um, it's <laughs> <laughs> just so is, dumb. Uh,
1: but anyway, go ahead. Sorry. They They
3: need to hire. They They need to really bring in someone that can help create a culture. And the Jaguars, the the only way they win this, and the only way they change this culture. Isn't about build, you don't build lot J and everything else like that around it because no one is going to come downtown because of a losing product. You have to build it from in out. You have to build it on the the field. You have to bring in some people that want to, you know, build it on the field. You got to bring in some young minds. You got to bring in somebody that knows what they're doing and how to build these things and play to these play, play to these players strengths. And then you build it from the outside, the fans get in and then, you know, Duval becomes an actual identity. It's not just, you know, um, teal hot dog buns and those gimmicky things <laughs> and, and stuff like that, like the Bud zone and like all this other stuff. You have to build a team that actually has an identity and you build that up by, making a strong football team, and then on top of that, building it out. You build Lot J, everything else like that would come. Like, you put a winning football team on this field. Shard, you will get whatever you want, literally, if you can just take. And I think the thing and the worst thing about it is that he's being hands-on to Fulham and, you know, a couple other things. I could just be speculating on how hands-on he is with other teams, But if he was hands on with this market and hands on with his football team, as much as he was with any of his other businesses, things like that, he would get the results that he has inside of, uh, you know, the building and then he would be able to get whatever the hell that he wants. And I really thought, and I think I heard it on the sports Den, like with Denny Thompson, I thought that it was a brilliant idea. And I don't know how legal this is or whatever, but if (laughs) the city of Jacksonville said that, okay. You want to put your marina, you want to put your four seasons and everything else like that. Give us four years with 10 straight wins.
1: You know what's funny about that? I think uh, you proposed that actually when we did an interview like uh, before the season. With no, somebody. I, I, I heard it. it
3: so we, we talked about it with Nate, with Nate Monroe. Or yeah. Something. Uh, we talked yeah. about it with somebody, but I mentioned it with him yeah, also that me. I heard it from. I had heard it from Denny. Oh, uh, okay. Name. And, and, and you know, Sorry. give them their, their props and their credit and everything for that. But no, like, literally, if the city of Jacksonville or for anybody else wants that, you give me a winning, like, give me a, a competitive football team. Give me something, you know, to where some type of result has to be held and some type of measuring stick has to be held by the Jacksonville Jaguars, you know. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, you, you know, some some type of measuring stick. And then a lot of people are saying that he's like, OK, well, you know, St. Louis, for example, they're thirsty for a football team or um, I don't know if there's another market in the NFL that, you know, would love a, uh, that's big enough for a football team. Uh, Or he could say, you know, I'll take the Jaguars, you know, somewhere else. And, you know, I think that's what's really, you know, kept kind of keeping them here. And, nobody, of course, nobody wants to lose Jags or anything else like that and a lot of speculation about him taking them to London, etc. But there has to be some type of measuring stick for the football
2: operations side. And there isn't. Yeah. And, and another thing, too, for, for the ones that want, you know, you hear not, they're not real rumblings. But fans wishing that Khan would sell the team. No. Because I can tell you say. right now, if he sells the team, there is good is gone. Yeah, yeah, you don't want myself. to predict. I'll predict that. I'll put my money no. where my mouth is with that. If he sells the team, they're as good as gone. They're going to St. Louis. You, know, you, you <laughs> yeah, need. I, 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 you need. And St. Louis wants a team bad. Okay, they were just in the news for the finishing up the Rams stuff because the owner didn't pay all the money. They still want a team. Businesses are very upset about that. They want. You need him here. Lot J Riverbank, whatever you want to call it, whatever project. Needs to be completed if you want to keep this team. Because if none of this happens, they're as good as gone. If he sells that team where none of this stuff gets done, and destroy it. Yes, yeah, so we're, we'll we're be- critical, but but not too critical. We still yep. we still like you. <laughs> no, I mean, don't get me wrong, bro. I I love I I I mean, come on.
3: I just flew cross country to watch them get waxed.
1: Oh, of course, yeah. I,
3: I, and there are other people that have the same sentiment for the Jacksonville Jaguars as we do, maybe some even more, more, more stronger than I do. Sure. All I want is a competent team, competent leadership, and competent, you know, play on the field. I, I should not be watching Carlos Hyde receive more carries than James Robinson. Right. I should not be seeing that. I should not be seeing. Andrew Wingard dive at Cooper cup and get left in the dust. I shouldn't see that. You know, I shouldn't see, you know, Tyson Campbell, granted he's come on the last couple of weeks or anything, or, you know, everything else like that, but he can't help where he was drafted. Everyone knows that they should have took, you know, Asante Samuel or any, anybody else at that, at that, that opportunity that they had to, I don't know if Asante Samuel was there, so don't quote me on that, but, there were some other players that could have been taken in in that in that second round. Do your due diligence on CJ Henderson. Another another player that's gone.
1: Gosh, whatever, when you do, when you start saying this you, stuff out loud, it's like <laughs> so do, bad. Do whatever.
3: Do whatever you got to take. Do whatever. Do whatever you got to do to keep Jalen Ramsey here. Do whatever you have to do. Do whatever you have to do to pay Yannick Ngakwe. I mean, dude, it's simple. The only player that you know that that's gone that they probably should have let go, you know, and didn't really have a choice in. I, I don't. No one knows what was up. Well, we know what was up with Telvin, but you know, Telvin's the only pass that they really get on this team. Allen Robinson still should be a Jacksonville Jaguar, but you chose to pay Marquise Lee.
2: Hmm. <laughs> Where's he at nowadays? I don't think he's who, with a team who, at all. Who knows? Yeah. You know,
3: like there, there's just things that, that this team has done dra- drafting a tight end. You know, identifying the tight end as a need. I, I just don't understand what they're looking at and how they're trying to find value. And it's like they have and, uh, and a lot of people say they've got the, the second moat. They've got all this cap room and blah, blah, blah. blah. They're not going to pay anyone because no one's going to want to come here. Right. The New England yeah. Patriots in off in the offseason, they had two they got two of the highest paid tight ends without a quarterback. They didn't know who they were going to be they didn't know who was going to be throwing the ball. They didn't know if it was going to be Cam, they didn't know if it was going to be somebody they were going to going to draft and it ends up being Mac Jones and look where they are right now. They're leading the AFC with a rookie quarterback and a competent coach.
1: Yeah, that does show that you can you can turn the the ship around relatively quickly. I know it's he Pelicek, turned the ship around in
3: one year. In yeah. one year, Brady left. He it took him one year to figure out what he needed to do. He tried to see what he needed to do with Cam. That was just a placeholder until. And, and what he did was, I'm going to rewrite. I'm going to go back to the formula. What I did with uh, Hernandez and Gronk, I'm going to bring in two tight ends, two reliable tight ends. I'm going to build off the running game. And then we're going to have someone, you know, we're going to have a quarterback. I'm going to get someone that I can mold and get him to throw it where I need to throw it. Dink and dunk. You can say what you want about Mac Jones. dinking and dunking and not throwing the ball over 20 yards or anything else like that. He's got a hell of a lot more wins than a lot of other teams have right now. Yeah,
1: yeah we'll take that. <laughs> um, okay, so Jags and, and Titans. Um, Derek, just to uh, sort of jump into that. Briefly, because we are running a little long. Um, I mean, is there hope that we pull out a a a miraculous victory, or is this gonna be kind of more of the same and helping the Titans rebound a little bit? Yeah, no, we're gonna get our ass whooped. (laughs) (laughs) That's quote of the year. There you go. Good job. It's so sad, isn't it? Do you remember when we used to have little fun discussions where you try to like justify it and, and it'd be somewhat playful? And now it's just like, nah, they're
2: not gonna win, actually. That's it. That's the whole conversation. You can't justify this jump. Not this product they're putting out there on the field trying to justify some craziness. Man, come on. You can't, you can't you can't do that. You just can't. This is sad because I'm sitting here as a fan wanting to, you know, cheer my team on it and be be optimistic that they could they could, you know, pull out a victory and find a way. But how? Okay, how? Whether if it's you got guys running wrong routes, communication, sub packages, all the things that aren't supposed to be shown in a football game by a professional football team are being shown. It's all the little things are, are, are all off. They can't figure it out. And you've got a team that's eight and four. It's well put together. They're beat before the clock even starts. Because the team is a, the Tennessee Titans are a well functioning, oiled machine. They know what they need to do. They know Derrick Henry's out. Okay. He, he might not come back for the rest of the year. He might, you know, who knows? But he ain't going to play on Sunday. So they have a plan in place on what they're going to do to attack and how they're going to play. They formed a new identity. It's a temporary identity, but it's an identity. We don't have an identity. Our identity is, Trevor's going to go about 14 for 35 for 140 yards, maybe a touchdown, a pick late when he's trying to force it. Robinson will get about eight carries for 30 yards. Carlos Hyde will get about 12 carries for 40 yards, maybe 20 yards and a touchdown. Um that, that's that's what it's going to look like, you know. Very exciting. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, it's just—it's not even pedestrian. It's just dang near, like if it's, it's just dang near insulting. Good night, man. So
1: two and eleven will be the record. Two and
2: eleven, yeah. Two one one.
1: Great. Okay. JK three. I mean, you're pretty much concurring. <laughs> I would think.
2: Man, I. <laughs>
3: If if James Robinson doesn't get the ball <laughs> after this, more than you know, more his fair share of carries. And and I hope, you know, what I hope doesn't happen is I hope they don't give this man like 45 carries and like and the fans like, oh, you wanted him. You know, I hope they don't run him right. You know <laughs> what I mean? But it, it's no, I, I think that Tennessee right now is you know, they're they're I think this is gonna be an opportunity for them to solidify themselves in the AFC South, um, you know, kind of really start building that momentum, you know, going into the playoffs and going into the tournament, you know, this is a tune-up, not necessarily a tune-up game, but they're going to put some things out there. They're going to try a a couple of different things and, you know, really just kind of see how this works for them. I think Tennessee, you know, the way that they approach this game right now is we're going to try a couple of experimental things out as we, before we go into the, um, into the playoffs and see what works. Um, we'll make the adjustments at half if things aren't working and go back to the smash mouth football that we play, that they haven't stopped, you know, here since 2013. And, you know, we can go from there. Um, you know, the Jags, they they, they they got a lot of stuff. Um, you know, and I think I read a quote that Urban Meyer said that he wants to kind of see what the young guys have got. And to me, I feel like that's throwing in the towel right now. He wants to see what the young guys have got and see what, what, what kind of foundation and things that you can build off of. When some of these guys should have been playing live bullet or getting live, li- live, live shots, you know, earlier in the year, who wants to go out there right now at the end of the year and, you know, take a risk of injury when there's nothing left to really play for. You know, if I'm Andre Cisco, if I'm Andre Cisco, you want me to go out there now? Like we got four games left and we're, we're six games out of the lead right now. And, in uh from 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 winning the afc south like what what am i here to play for Am i had to put some things out here on tape to show what you know like what am i here for if i'm walker little you know what what i mean he's not even ready to play so like what young what what do you want to see
1: right why is urban even commenting on that i mean you know he doesn't micromanage that sort of thing right (laughs) it's insane that's so funny you brought up the own it uh piece because uh i I do i just completely forgot about that and it's so hypocritical as to how he's approached this um so i'm gonna
2: own it and bring in a championship staff and and work hard and and uh we're really gonna uh, you know own the process like yeah own the process of
1: losing Meanwhile, two coaches are going to college before the season even ends. That's not a good sign. I don't think. Bro, I
3: think we'll they're the season even ends, like you've been, no, you, you, you've been in your. They're going to stay on.
1: Uh, I mean, but well, they're still going. <laughs> <laughs> they're, 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 still, they're, they're like this. They're actually, this this actually sucks. We're going to go it to doesn't matter.
3: Team. Like, yeah, I mean, they're still going. I mean, whether they leave now or at the end of the season, they're still going to go, and. I don't know, man. I just feel like I I thought that and and I'll admit, man, I thought that the Urban Meyer, I thought that the hire was going to be, you know, decent. I didn't expect, you know, playoffs in the first year or anything else like that. But I didn't also expect a coach that didn't know or doesn't know what's going on. You know, I didn't expect somebody. I I expected to see a lot more fireworks on the field. And granted, you could have probably got that. But you know what? Honestly, ETN being hurt. Right now, like I guarantee you, if ETN was not hurt, he would be receiving more carries than James Robinson. And we would still be having the same conversation about James Robinson because ETN was Urban's draft pick. Um, I don't know what plans that they had to they had in in place for ETN. A lot of people are trying to say that Agnew and, you know, what Agnew had done, um, you know, was what we expected to see from ETN. I don't believe that. So I mean it's it's this is a different part of this is a different part of depression of being a Jags fan. It's like you got a coach that doesn't know or that's saying that he doesn't know what he wants to do or saying that he does has no idea about personnel and stuff. And then you know, you got your running back out here saying, Yeah, I got benched because I fumbled the ball because a man ate my lunch on that play. <laughs>
2: because our our offensive line couldn't, you know, didn't even attempt to block.
3: There's a well, Oh no, they attempted. A, you just can't. You, you I mean, they attempted. There's just nothing
2: they could have done. <laughs> when we do I can't wait till we do the off- uh off-season episode on personnel because it's we're not going to talk about which players need to go. We're just it's going to be mentioned in waves which players need to go. And and another uh, thing
3: too, I can tell you this culture isn't right. Sorry to get on get on my soapbox. But when Jalen recovered that fumble, and Trevor made the tackle, and he took Trevor's head and slammed it into the ground in front of Norwell, in front of all these other offensive linemen, and no one did a single thing about that.
2: Mm -hmm. No one.
3: Not one person did a thing about it.
2: Arguments about, you know, Trevor rolled up, you know, rolled his knee and rolled his leg, did the whole, what is it, the, uh, the alligator roll on him, so that's why he did that. Knowing good and well Jalen, the fake thug from the private school in Tennessee that he is, tries to muscle our quarterback, but yet and still our offensive line does, does nothing to, um, to to defend our QB just shows the lack of continuity our team has. And it starts with the coach. Yeah. So,
1: well, we'll, uh, we'll leave it there. Um, Hopefully uh, everybody will be with us in spirit watching on TV. (laughs) So we can uh, try to, you know, at least maybe fret about this on Twitter a little bit during the game. I will say one of the things that is fun is even during the losing streak, you can at least get some comedy out of following the tweets on Twitter and everybody's reactions, is as depressing as it is, Jaguars fans at least have a sense of humor. So that's good. Um, but anyway, appreciate you guys for listening. Uh, again, follow us on Apple Podcasts. If you're not already, hit the little plus symbol at the top right. Um, please leave us a rating and review. It certainly helps us get some more exposure. We're also on Google Podcasts and Spotify, and we're part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you guys next time.
4: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about.